Hi, this is David Yaz of the Boston Podcast Network. We hope you are staying safe, sound, and sane as this year continues to drag on, and we do all that we have to do to get through this pandemic. Well, how about this? If you want to be on a Zoom call that isn't dreadfully boring, please join us for Zoomapalooza, an interactive adventure of fun, games, comedy, and who knows what else. Tickets are absolutely free, or hire us for your next office or corporate event. Just visit pod617.com slash Zoom. That's pod617.com slash Zoom. Now enjoy the following production of pod617.com, the Boston Podcast Network. From the Pod 617 Studios in Westwood, Massachusetts, it's the Boston Podcast with David Yaz and a rotating cast of characters from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. This is our Yes, sir, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, all the ships at sea, lovers, muggers, and thieves, welcome to the Boston Podcast. My name is Dave. If you like this show, please subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, share it with a friend, maybe leave us a review, spread the love. Ah, Lord needs, Lord knows we need love. At some point, we are going to return to normal life. I think, I have a guest today to talk about travel. And who doesn't miss travel? Who doesn't miss crowded airports? airport lines and things like that. No, I mean, really, don't you all just want to go someplace? Well, we're going to talk about that today. She is the proprietor of Trips Travel Agency. Her name is Katiana Jolimo, and she is here in the virtual studio. Welcome. Thank you, David. Thank you for having me today. Well, you're darn welcome. You come highly recommended. And as soon as I start going places, maybe I'll uh, be booking you for your services, but but you actually have an interesting background. You came, you're like me, you used to be in finance and now doing something a lot more exciting. Is that fair to say? That is exactly the truth. I came from a background of financial services, both in the Boston and DC area. And then when I moved to DC, I decided that I wanted to do international travel because there's a lot of direct flights from DC, just because everybody in D.C. is a contractor from some other country. So there's a lot of direct right. flights there. And I decided that I was going to do two trips a year. Mm-hmm. And that's how I just really discovered my love for to be in this industry, essentially. I was always a traveler, but coming to the other side and learning how the industry works from the inside out was definitely a thing for me. And it was much more fun than being in the financial services. I would tell you that. Yeah. So. Yeah. Podcasting is more fun than financial services also. No <laughs> offense to our friends who are still in the financial yes. services industry. We need you guys too. But mm-hmm. tell me uh, what were some of the places that you visited when you were first catching this bug for international travel? I think the first place, the two places I think were interesting were definitely me traveling to Senegal in Africa. Oh. That was when I was a study abroad mm. um, at Stonehill College. I'm a local girl as well. So I was studying abroad from Stonehill College. Mm. And it was the first time me being international on my own, not knowing the language fully because they speak French there and just seeing a different place outside of the Caribbean. Mm. And then I think my second one was Paris. I had never been to Paris before, and this was like 2007, 2008, I would say. Mm-hmm. This is when I decided to go to Paris for the first time. I also explored on my own. This time, my French is a lot better, <laughs> so it made things a little bit easier. Money fake. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So I, 
I just love those two places. I still love Paris. I was there last year. It's my favorite place. It's one of my favorite places. Mm. So that's like the two places that I can say definitely cemented the idea. Hey, I can do this. Yeah, Yeah, I've only been once to Paris, but it was unforgettable. It is as advertised. It's Mm -hmm. charming. It's ancient. It's romantic. And there's an ice cream vendor on like every corner, the gelato, yes. the gelato <laughs> is everywhere. You, you, you just stop and have a gelato break because you're on <laughs> vacation, right? Exactly. Yep. Except, except for me, I had, I was eating lots of crepes. I think that first Oh week, yeah. there was lots of crepes and hot wine. I discovered hot wine there. Hot wine? Yeah, what, hot what, wine. What is, that's a thing? I didn't know that was a thing. So, yeah, so I've had this a couple of times in the States. I think I went to like a networking event in at the W Hotel in D.C. and mm-hmm. they were serving it. But it's essentially like your red wine, especially during like your wintertime or mm-hmm. cold season, your red wine mixed in with some cinnamon sticks, a little bit of bourbon as well added to it oh. and just heat it up really. And I did that. I put apples in my... I did that a couple of weeks ago for my, my travel group. And that was absolutely amazing. If you like Apothic Inferno, mm-hmm. I'm going to put a plug there for them. Okay. It makes a really good hot wine. Just wow. Like, you know, yeah. I'm going to check. I might make that <laughs> when I go home tonight because it's starting to get colder. The other night I was with my girlfriend and her daughter for this outdoor get together for Halloween. And as you will, as you may know, I don't know how cold it was in DC, but it was pretty cold here in the Boston area. Oh yes, and, mm-hmm. yeah. And so, both me and the guy whose house it was we were visiting, we both had the same idea. We both made hot apple cider, mm-hmm. spiked hot apple cider. Mm-hmm. Mine was pretty good. I, I put in some like orange and you know cinnamon allspice cinnamon sticks and Mm -hmm. you let it simmer for a while and then exactly and it warms you up and you don't Mm -hmm. really if you do it well you don't really even notice the alcohol in it just tastes no you don't yeah so uh hot wine is a thing with bourbon oh two of my favorite things okay i'm gonna (laughs) i'm gonna go check this out so tell me is your when you formed your agency what i'm still pre-pandemic here i assume tell me when you started it and like what was your vision Why a lot of people say why the need for travel agents in this day and age. Tell me about that. Yes. So I started in 2012. So about eight years ago, Mm -hmm. I started the the company and I opened it in Virginia as well. So I would say my vision was always to do customized itineraries and really work closely with the client when clients. And that's one of the things I face as well. When people, a lot of people say travel agents don't exist. There's no need for them. There's all the stuff that you can do online. Mm. And it didn't take, it took me getting to this industry to see one we do exist. Very, there's a lot of us. So I think the only thing that's missing from the industry is that we're missing a lot of younger people. A lot of people have been here for like 40, 50 years and are retiring, right? Mm. But anywho, what I bring to the table is that clients work with me directly. When you book something online, and I'm not sure if you've looked at the websites, like, like the the different travel websites. But Mm -hmm. when you book something online, if something goes wrong, you're waiting 30 to 40 minutes on the phone, essentially. You're waiting longer than that. And sometimes there's no, they're hanging up on you, essentially. Mm. I take that away from you. When clients work with me, they literally have to send me an email or they have to send me a phone call. And I'll tell you an example. I had a client that, two examples, in fact, I had one client that had gone to Thailand 
first time going to Thailand for their trip, when they got there, they found out that their family member had passed away back in New York. They had to fly back Mm -hmm. to New York. Mm -hmm. And that took just simply an email sending to me. And they took simply an email sent to me for me to figure out how to get them back to New York in like the next day, essentially. Mm. And then she can like, she didn't have to worry about being on the phone for 40 minutes, essentially, right? Mm. Another one is a client that I had that, a funny story, he wanted to go see the, I think it was Arizona mm-hmm. football game. And he was stuck in California, essentially. Mm. And the airline kept telling him, hey, the flight's going to happen in an hour. We're delayed by an hour only. It's going to happen. It kept getting delayed and delayed. And I, and I called him, I was like, hey, are you sure you don't want to get on the other flight? He's like, no, I can wait. I'm like, no, this flight right here is not going to depart for another four hours. Are you sure you want to do this? Mm. He's like, oh, no, put me in the next flight. So by the time he got home to watch the football game, that flight that he was waiting for that kept being delayed was already, was just about to take off, essentially, and he's getting home. What a mess. Exactly. So there's a lot of reason why you should really choose a trial agent. We're there for you. We're holding your hand, essentially. And I think that's what makes it easier for clients. You don't have to do hours and hours of research we are doing that for you we are we are calling every like everybody for you essentially mm. so you don't have to worry yeah and in this day and age of automation it seems like it, you can do it on your own of course you can go to expedia and but if you're like me you, you just i mean looking for the best flight but that's going to change by the day it gets complicated. And then by the time I end up booking the flight, I'll end up doing the hotel separately. And what you said is, in my opinion, that you are an advocate. You're really an advocate exactly. for someone, which no matter when, if something goes wrong and you get on the phone with either, first of all, the first thing is you just don't even, I don't even know whether to call Expedia or call the hotel or call the mm-hmm. air or whoever to fix mm-hmm. something. And they're not an advocate for you. They're probably looking to get rid of you. And in this era of automation, you're probably going to have to go through two or three voice automated things, robots and others who really aren't going to be that helpful for you. So, yeah. And the, and I've had the travel nightmare stories. I've had, I could have used you a couple of years ago. I, this is a non-travel nightmare story where I booked, I was planning a vacation in Greece, but I was planning it like, at least eight months before the fact, because I think it was like a Christmas present or whatever. But, and so I reserved a couple places thinking that I'd figure it out later where we were actually going to stay. Mm-hmm. And it turned, and then plans changed, scrapped the idea. I went back to look for the reservation, couldn't find it. So I didn't worry about it. And then all of a sudden one day I get hit with like a $500 charge by oh the hotel God. agrees. Cause it's like, well, you didn't show up. And I said, yeah. I, I said, you never sent me a confirmation. And they're like, <gasps> And so back and forth, and I couldn't get them to waive the fee. It was just terrible because they don't care about us. I mean, <laughs> I mean, no. uh, different places are different, but to have exactly, some, yeah. it really when you work with a travel agent, we have we have what do you call partners that we really work with that mm. really help you. Like I've come up in, in those cases, and I think that during the like February March when a lot of things were just shutting down. I got on the phone with all my hotels or clients that are tra- supposed to travel on me. I was like, listen, they can't come. I need to refund this. And I think one hotel in Cam, it was actually a hotel in Cambodia. They were telling me, no, the trip's in June. They'll be able to make it. And I asked them, like, can you guarantee us that we'll be able to fly in June, mm. that we we're going to be able to use this credit? And, and they couldn't. So mm. they were able to refund the client. And I think that room was like about $1,000 a night. 
can you imagine a thousand dollars a night plus taxes and fees going to a hotel that you're never going to come to so yeah really we're in your corner and we really go to bat for you and i've done that many times in in my eight years Mm. So. so the big question is how has it changed is it and what is it like right now because I'll tell you, I, I think people are planning trips. You'll for sure confirm this for me, I'm sure. This is your bailiwick. But I had a friend who just uh, was inspired to get He's like, We haven't done anything in a long time. This is a bunch of my old like summer camp friends. And he said, let's do a golf weekend in Hilton Head, and it's going to be next May or April, something, next uh, spring. Now that feels like a safe amount of time. It feels like, I guess you could, with golf, you can, it's outdoors. So you could probably even go now if you wanted to. Mm -hmm. But I still, of course, my first thought is pandemic. Am I supposed to be being more careful than this? I don't know. So what's it like? I would say the landscape has definitely changed. And one thing to make sure is that, well, at least for the U.S. market, right? Mm -hmm. We cannot go to Europe. We have a couple of countries we can go to Europe, right? Which is Croatia and Ukraine at this point, and Turkey, if you count Turkey as a European country. Mm -hmm. There are places that that we can go to, which is without COVID testing. All those other countries I mentioned, you do need some type of COVID testing. But for instance, right now for us, it would be Dominican Republic, Mexico, and soon to be, well, as of yesterday, Costa Rica, that we can go without COVID testing. But Costa Rica has the stipulation of a traveler's insurance that you have to get for them as well. Mm. And that's another thing that a lot of people are coming up against is that one travel insurance, it's not simply your old travel insurance is just going online and picking and saying that Clicking the box, yeah. Exactly. Is now you need to actually make sure that travel insurance covers COVID. And a lot of the ones that you're buying online do not cover COVID. You really have to get that country specific. Jamaica is adding another, Jamaica is adding a $40 COVID insurance. And if you don't have it, okay, well, you can't get into the country essentially, right? Mm. And a lot of things that are happening is negative COVID testing. So a lot of people just go and get COVID testing. Some people just do the home testing. Mm. That may not be what you need for that place that you're going to. And case in point is if you check out our Facebook page, we have something, a couple was denied entry into Hawaii mm-hmm. because they had the wrong COVID test, the wrong negative COVID test. Oh boy! So that is something that you have to make sure that you have the right visa. It's not simply just your passport and visa now. It's the right visa is the right COVID testing at the right times and the right travel insurance. So there's like five, four to five different elements that you need to make sure you have before you go travel. And then case in point, if you're doing something in May, you also want to think about getting travel insurance just to protect just to protect yourself. And I think because it's a domestic trip, the regular travel insurances would work for you. Okay. Um, that way, if something happens, you can't go, they can refund you, but it may be a little bit tricky on the golfing part. I think the hotel <laughs> issue, yeah. but the golfing part may be a little bit tricky, but that's essentially what's happening in the U S market. And for instance, a lot of things, another thing is also happening is the availability of flights. I know I go between Boston and DC a lot and I fly JetBlue. JetBlue, first of all, had some really great sales a couple of weeks ago and what I realized is that a lot of their flights have collapsed. So they used to have about five nonstops in a day between Boston and DC, just because that's a regular um, commuter Mm -hmm. area. 
region, I would say, yep. they now have that one daily flight, essentially. Really? So, okay. Yeah. yeah so, coming, mm-hmm. yeah, you would, so, you would think that there would be, you would, it would be easier to get on flights, but it, uh, you're telling me in some cases, definitely not because the schedule has been pared back. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Okay. But they've also do, they're also doing social distance seats where they don't have anybody in the middle seat or the seat next to you, unless you're booking a party of three or four, right? Mm-hmm. Together. Um, and there's only two more, two airlines, well, three airlines, JetBlue, Delta, and Southwest are doing that, socially distant seats. So th- the market has changed for sure. But going forward, I think if everything goes according to plan in terms of going back to normal, I think next year what you'll see is that if you have not booked anything this year, you won't have anything for next year. Because everybody who had trips and whatnot for this year have essentially moved their dates to next year, right? So less availability will occur, I think, for next year, essentially. Uh, And that's okay. And that's, again, if everything goes, if life goes back to normal, I would say. Mm -hmm. Does that make, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And do you think the, most people feel comfortable flying now with with the precautions the airlines are taking? I would say it's a toss-up. It's 50-50, I would say. There are a lot of people who are not comfortable yet with traveling, and that's understandable. There are a lot of people that are like, once we get a vaccine, then I'll go. But there are also a lot of people like, listen, like people like me, I've been stuck in my house for like seven to eight months. I'm ready to go. (laughs) And I I think you would see, like for me, I always do the social distance flight. So I do fly right now, mostly Delta and JetBlue for the most part, right? I went to a trip in Mexico in August and I flew Jet. I flew Delta at that time, right? Mm-hmm. I would say this is the cleanest the mm-hmm. airlines and the airports have ever been. The hotels, your, mm-hmm. your, your transfers have ever been. Another thing is that if you think about going to some of the popular places like Cancun, for instance, Cabo, Listen, you have the entire beach to yourself these days. Wow. Exactly. It is not crowded. I went to, I did Esperanza in Cabo, my first time going to Cabo. Mm-hmm. I actually had like, and this is when Mexico was doing about 20% capacity at their hotels, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, we had the beach to ourselves. Mm-hmm. We had the hotel to ourselves. Like whenever you want to eat, you can eat. You just got to put your time in it. <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah. That, um, had, that actually happened to yeah. me about three years ago, my friend was turning 50 and so about a dozen of us went to a resort in Cancun but something weird happened like we reserved all of our rooms and everything we were good to go and then something weird happened like he called the hotel uh, a month prior and they told him well we were going to have the the pared down stuff and he's like what do you mean he goes well parts of the resort are under construction so he started getting nervous he's like well what do you like, is it open or not? He's like, oh, no, it's mm-hmm. fully open, sir. But And then it, what, what it turns out that they hadn't really told them is we were basically the only people there. There, there was, there was <laughs> And there was a section of it that was under construction, but it was mm-hmm. kind of out of sight, out of mind. So we had the whole resort to ourselves. And at first, <laughs> at first we kind of thought, well, is this going to be fun or is it going to be weird? We got really good service. You never have to wait yes. for a drink. <laughs> so that's funny that this could transpire right now, a bright side to the pandemic. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, I would say definitely if you feel comfortable, go ahead. And I always keep in mind wear a mask. Sure. I, I wear my masks. I wear I actually wear a face shield as well too on the flights, mm. just for extra precaution. Yeah. Um, because I'm like, I'm a very, I'm very, what is, what's the word? I'm very socially Not, conscious about so, okay. this whole 
social distancing thing, right? Because I, yeah. in my opinion, it's like if I'm sick and I get someone sick, this industry is really dependent on travelers, essentially, right? Sure. So you want to be I, exemplary. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You want to be the good guy. So totally makes sense. Go to tripstravelagency.com to uh, learn more and your Facebook page as well, KJ? Yes, we have a Facebook page and we also have a Facebook group as a Facebook community as well. Mm-hmm. It's I can give you the link, but I think it's like trips for the love of travel in the Facebook community. Okay. And that's where we kind of update everybody every week. We give them a 10 minute rundown on, on what's happening in travel every Friday at 5 p.m. Eastern time. We last week we talked about cruises coming on board, which is really good news. Mm. So since there's a lot of ports like Miami, Orlando, California that are that are looking to start more cruises, but they're coming on board slowly. So we'd like to see how that industry comes into fold in the next couple of months. But really, if anybody has questions, we're doing live events. We also do concierge services. So tickets to events and events are starting to happen slowly. So let me know. Cool. It's tripstravelagency.com is the website. And before we go, KJ is going to stick around. We'll play a quick round of good stuff where both KJ and I recommend something good to the listener, something that might brighten your spirits during these challenging times. Yeah. Anyway, before we get there, let me tell you a little bit about what we do here at the Boston podcast network. Pod 617.com is where you go. If you want your own podcast, now is actually an opportune time to start one. We've been producing podcasts remotely since way before the pandemic. We'll send you out a quality USB mic. Podcasting is a great way to keep in touch with your network, your audience. You invite your clients and contacts to be guests on your show, and they'll be amazed at what a super big shot you are. We make the quality of the show sound tip top producing it from start to finish go to pod617.com to get started the boston podcast network in pod we trust okay let's play a round of good stuff oh that's the good stuff all right well kj You've had all of maybe seven minutes to prepare for this, but is there something good that's maybe brightened your spirits, anything at all during this pandemic that you might recommend to our listening public? I would say for me, two things have really brightened my spirits during this whole pandemic. One, I've been doing my exercise essentially, and I've been going to the gym a lot. I'm a member of the YMCA for the most part, and I've seen how they're socially distanced policies have been so that's been really great in keeping up the momentum your spirits up and getting outside as well lastly the other thing i've done is really just explored my area for the first time i've been to new hampshire this year apple picking went cider tasting so just doing those little things because after you've been cooped up for like four weeks at a time you're just like i need to sneak it out right so doing a lot of those small local events um local outings have been really good get out there. I love it. I love it. Good tips. Both exercise is important. I've gone through mm-hmm. phases where I've done nothing and then something. I actually just a friend talked me into buying the, the, these virtual reality goggles of the Oculus Quest, which oh. is this new toy. And mm-hmm. it comes with like two controllers and you put the goggles on it. There are actually good ways to work out using these things. And the one that I'm, I've been doing is a boxing app. And nice. it is super real. Now you're fighting these animated like box <laughs> cartoons, basically, but 
it's I've never boxed before, but it's super realistic. And after a few rounds, I'm completely winded. Like I'm really, I must look really stupid if anyone were in the room with me, just <laughs> punching at air. But it's been pretty cool. For my edition of good stuff, I will recommend uh, a Netflix movie that I just saw. It's called The Trial of the Chicago 7, and I'll actually play a little bit of the trailer here. KJ, you'll see it. Our listeners will hear it. Trial of the Chicago 7 from Netflix. Here's the trailer. We want to underscore again that we're coming to Chicago peacefully, but whether we're given permits or not, we're coming. We're going to Chicago to protest the Vietnam War. And there's no place to be right now but in it. We watched for a decade while these rebels without a job tell us how to prosecute a war. They're going to spend their 30s in a federal facility, real time. People say, Abby, are you concerned about an overreaction from the cops? Holy shit. You all right? It was until I saw that. Are the people ready to make opening arguments? At the defense table. Abby Hoffman, Jerry Rubin, Dave Dellinger, Rennie Davis, Lee Weiner, John Freund, Tom Hayden, and Bobby Seale. These defendants had a plan, and the plan was to incite a riot. I call this portion of the trial with friends like these. <laughs> my trials. So that's enough, I guess. But you, you get the point. This was, it, it's a great movie. It's a great take. It's mm-hmm. uh, a cool, now you haven't seen this yet, KJ, have you? No, not yet. No. I'm actually going to. Put it in my Netflix. Yeah, definitely put it in your queue. It's mm-hmm. about this the riot that occurred af- before or during the 1968 Democratic uh, Convention. And uh, so you've probably, I had heard of Abby Hoffman and Tom Hayden a little bit, who actually went on to marry Jane Fonda, a little factoid there. Oh. But so the Borat guy, Sasha Baron Cohen, he mm-hmm. plays Abby Hoffman. And so he's got this weird like New England accent and he's kind of the crazy hippie as opposed to Tom Hayden, who's more of like the button down guy. But they all get put on trial for inciting a riot. And it's really questionable as to whether or not they did. You feel like they're getting railroaded and... It's definitely makes you think of what's going on today, Mm -hmm. that things haven't changed Mm -hmm. that much, that certain people who are trying to peacefully protest are immediately vilified and hung out to dry in some cases. So Mm -hmm. it's a cool take. It's a cool take. And you might learn something, kids. So, and if you want to learn something about travel, don't forget to go to tripstravelagency.com and ask for KJ. Visit Finder on Facebook. And let's start traveling again, right, KJ? Yes, definitely. Let's see the world again. <laughs> Let's see the world again. I hope you had fun. I did. I did. Thank you so much, David. You're welcome. You're an awesome guest. And thank you all for listening to the Boston Podcast. If you like this show, please share it with a friend. Subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts and go to pod617.com. If you want your own show in on behalf of my new travel guru, K- KJ, my name is Dave. Easy for me to say. I'm just a guy from Boston, but I'll travel elsewhere. And if you're not from Boston, you must be the other guy. Have a great day, everybody. Get out there. It's fine, it's fine, it's fine.